You are listening to Grit and Grace, where I'm sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you and bringing stories to you of the most amazing women that are crushing it in business and in life. My name is Tomberly, and I'm a social impact entrepreneur, where I help businesses grow their community impact and their bottom line through their partnerships with nonprofit organizations. I'm also the founder of Tomberly's Tribe, a brand new group of female experts that from all different fields are helping women grow to their highest level of potential. Join us on this journey by downloading the Himalaya app, which is free, and follow us so we can keep you up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. Welcome to my show. My friends, today's show is one I've been looking forward to for a long time. Not only do I have a powerful healer with me, but we also have an audience of friends and family that are here to celebrate this occasion. It's super exciting. Our guest today is Ruth Meller, a world-renowned oracle, a teacher of the mysteries, an animal communicator, a psychic a medium, a mentor, an energy worker, and a powerful healer. She's a certified access consciousness practitioner, a nationally certified resistance-free horse trainer and instructor. She is a shaman and a medicine woman. She's received the great rights, which we're going to talk about shortly, Mm -hmm. with several different tribes, and I'm so excited to hear about that. And she was born with the gift to see and connect, to communicate with animals, and for the last 20 years has been working to help people move through trauma, conflict, PTSD, fear, disease, and move into a deeper connection between mind, body, heart, and soul. And I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for joining my show, Ruth. I'm so honored. (laughs) And welcome to Colorado. Thank you. I love Colorado. (laughs) It's great to have you here. And you come from Utah? Yes. And how long have you lived in Utah? Oh, most of my life. Most of Majority life. of it. Yeah. Arizona, Alaska, and then primarily in Utah. Yeah. So you like, you like some of the outer regions. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and you're, you have a ranch in Utah. Yes. What's it called? So Silverdance Ranch. It's just over 17 acres. Mm-hmm. And it's primarily horses where we do a lot of work, but we also have other animals like snakes and dogs and cats and we're looking into um, getting some other ones. Even my daughter wants to add a zebra for healing work. So mm. we'll and see your daughter how that is works. in the audience today. So hello, Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many interesting things about you that I want, not just our audience, because those of you that are listening to the show, this could be a month from now. This could be, yeah. you know, 2020, 2025. But, you know, although we do have people with us today. We have listeners that are going to have the opportunity to learn from you for a really long time. So I really appreciate you being willing to share not just your wisdom, but your experience. Because I think that one of the most important things that we do on Grit and Grace is talk to women about the processes and experiences they've been through to get to where they are. Because we didn't just wake up like this, you know. Um, No, and I love that you do that. I love that you let these powerful women share the experience to that. Mm, yeah, I think it's a big part of who we are because it's it's like it's like telling somebody, okay, yes, go try that wonderful cake. Like we have some cake here in the kitchen that Shelly Miller made, and it's got rum in it. So I mean, it's like saying, here, go make go make cake, but without giving people the recipe. So if we as women are going to help other women and men like fully step into who they are, but not tell them how, it doesn't seem like it's it's showing that we have been through that process too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't we start with that? So let's start with 
at what point did you feel that you had gifts or that you knew that they were gifts and not just something that everybody had? Ah, well, you mentioned I was born with it. I, I didn't need a lot of people with, um, the, these type of gifts that are just undeniable, right? Like a lot of us, we experiment and start discovering it, but the ones that is undeniable, a lot of the time it's a near death experience Mm -hmm. is what I've when I've worked with people and training them and helping them know their own magic. But for me, it, it was from day one. Um, I, I had kind of a very intense childhood where there was a lot of, of different kinds of abuse. And um, so with that, I was the youngest of six, and I kind of got left alone a lot. And so for me, with a lot of my experiences, for me to have a family, in a sense, that connected was the animals, was the angels, was the trees, right? So that was just normal for me. And um, I think uh, when I got older, it turned into I learned how to communicate it as like theatrical, right? Um, when I would talk about the animals communicating with me, it was more of like I would put in my voice for them as like a comedy thing, mm. right? And so you brought a whole new flair to an invisible friend. <laughs> yes, they were exactly. They, they were like my family. So. But it wasn't until I, um, I started training horses competitively when I was 15, and I started uh, a business with the national, the nationally um, competitors with horses. And I had the ability to talk to the animals and the person, and I could scan what was happening in the person's body and the horse's body. And when you're dealing with high-end competitions, you're finding those fine details of how to amplify it, right? Mm. And so as a teacher of that, I didn't communicate it so much but that's how I could connect them and amplify them to compete stronger or take a diamond in the rough horse and find out what they're really used for and then, you know, sell them for a lot. I mean, I had one where I got it for like $800, found out what it liked and sold it for 50000 mm. and it's happy now. And so that was when I was like, okay. And then I started exposing that more and more and... Um, I traveled a lot. I went everywhere I was called to since I was 13, London, Europe, um, Okay, so how did over. your family handle that? I mean, was it, did they, when you started showing signs of having unusual abilities to say and do things that I'm sure some people just went, whoa, what, what, what just happened? Yeah. Um, how did your family embrace that and allow you to develop that further? Um, they didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, my mom hid a lot of it, right? Um, and my brothers and sisters, they there's just a lot of trauma happening in the family, so they're all kind of just surviving their own ways, right? And connecting however they could. But um, it really, I was, I was just, my mom would leave me alone <laughs> a lot, like leave me places. So it was hard for her to um, accept it outside of just imagination stuff. 
Right. right? So. And so at what point did you feel comfortable within yourself to know that, okay, I'm not just talking to animals like they're, you know, friends in a play making a comedy that, okay, wait a minute, I'm actually communicating or receiving information that I'm then communicating it. Like at what point did you really feel that you understood what that meant? Um, it was really when, so for me, uh, in me just naturally going with the flow, right? Naturally being connected from get go. And it was, I actually had to adjust how to be in society more as I got older and in the corporate world, right? And as a businesswoman and things like that. And so when I uh, started evolving it back that way, um, I started really the biggest part that started shining through was um, people who have passed on. And so all of our loved ones who have passed on, those were the ones that made it loud, right? Because it got to where, um, and, and some of you guys listening, if you've got gifts, you might notice things in your bodies that start connecting. And so for me, that was really what, it was kind of like, they just kind of threw me in. And so I had to look really crazy sometimes in public and, um, it really was the dead, so I'd be like, okay, uh, your grandma or your grandpa or somebody's here, right? And and I didn't know how to, like, handle the energy coming through. And so, so I started learning that if I just communicated, right, bringing, it, bringing whatever messages needed to come in, then my body could relax back to my space better, right? And so it was really... Um, and probably the loudest time was when I worked for, uh, Wasatch Academy. It was a boarding school. They have 28 different countries that come in these high school kids and I was building their horse program. And these kids were on a lot of therapy drugs, right? Um, mental things happening, just trying to stabilize them for whatever the, that you get it. Right. Yeah. Right. Whatever they wanted to claim they were diagnosed with. Right. right. And I started but they were working treating with, them. with drugs primarily. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was when I started connecting. I started working with them and a lot of them were starting to come off of them, which was um, I wasn't a, a Ph.D. Mm-hmm. Right. And so things were getting a little conflicted there. But those were in terms kind of, of how the let me well, let me just ask you conflicted in the sense that you were able to share healing in a way that. Um, our normal society or medical system cannot explain. Yes. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, pretty much. And a lot of them, a lot of them that were needing to be dormanted in some way was because they didn't understand how to handle the gifts or mm-hmm. the things that were coming into their space or their level versus their family dynamics. Right. It just wasn't. And so, Really, that was a lot of what it was. Was just so you were them. doing. You were doing a significant amount of healing in a way that was unquantifiable, mm-hmm. um, but you knew that that's what you were doing. Yes. So how did you how did you deal with the negativity or shadow side that this would bring out in people? Because I I definitely and we've talked a little bit about this, but I have definitely experienced in the last couple of years reactions from people that are not necessarily 
um, supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say that it probably comes from a place of fear on their side or that I've triggered something Mm -hmm. in them that they don't know what that means, which again, you and I talked about, and you did give me a term for that. Thank you for that. Um, (laughs) But how did you deal with that? Because it makes it difficult, especially if it comes from people you love or people that you thought were your friends or people that you have counted on in the past on a human platform. How do you handle that on a spiritual side? Oh, it was some good lessons. That's for sure. I think the biggest thing for me was to realize um, I, I had to really discover who I believed I was in it. I had to... Um, because I got called, you know, a liar or crazy. I even, I mean, I've got like, they call them tracks, right? From people that do drugs, but mine are from being in hospitals from ER visits and things like that, where they, they just couldn't, they didn't know what to do with me and they just knocked me out. Right. And, um, so I just really had to come to the terms of, um, my my understanding of what honesty is, my understanding of what integrity is, my understanding of what, like my testimony of uh, source and God and angels and all of that and what the whole other life is outside of this that we create as our reality. Um, I just had to really anchor that in as like, I've got me, right? We've got me type thing, right? Like, and who am I? So that was the biggest thing. And then I had to, anytime I discovered um, that things were coming at me in a negative way, um, I had to find out where in my body, where in my energy field does it need that healing, that love, that support, that where's the resonance in this? And that was, so a lot of it was, I just had to, in a sense, have my back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, I know that one of the harder parts for a lot of people who have maybe, I don't like to use the word awaken anymore. I use the word remember. That's excellent. Remember who they are, right? Uh Uh-huh. Once that process starts, it creates so much of a shift in us as an individual that everybody around us is impacted, which means, as you know, like relationships change. People, you know, look at you differently. They might react to you differently. And it is, um, it is part of the process. And I do think that a big step in remembering who you are is doing your own personal work. Definitely. It's, it's all about what you do internally. And it's a solo journey. I mean, you can have all the love and support and friendship and spouses and family around you as you want, but you have to do that work yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah. While, while being willing to connect to. And um, so for me, I had to, I, I come back to the word unconditional love. I really had to learn what that was. And for me, unconditional love in a short version is um, to take the attention off of what's happening as they're doing this to me, right? Or I'm doing it to them type thing and be like, okay, that's them. This is me. And I can't control the outcome of their choices. It's not my responsibility. But I can control how I feel, what's happening, and where do I get check-in for me? So like the forgiveness thing, all that is is just allowing them to be where they are, not mean I need to play in it, right? Finding what my 
yeses and nos are for myself in every growth process that I do. And learning that if I hurt, then I get to I get to be loved, even if it's by myself or by an animal or by whatever is happening. And I get to let them be there. And in the unconditional love form, I'm not saying like I I had like I have a fire side to me, right? So I wanted to do a lot of revenge, you know, damage and stuff like that on different times like that. But I'm pretty sure we all have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I had to monitor that energy and where to like redirect it. Right. But uh, the hardest I think was when the family just, you know, when they, when they did their stuff Mm -hmm. and it's just, you're not going to understand it. You're just not going to understand it because they're in a different space. Then yeah. you are, period. And Being if you okay try to, to not it, know, to not ever know, and just that's finding a great a place. way to put it, right? And I, I like that a lot. I also like there's one thing that you said that I, I want to highlight is that you were able to find love, even if it was from yourself or your animals. That that's important. That we have the ability to give that to ourselves. I mean, it, it comes from us mm-hmm. first and mm-hmm. foremost. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. But you're not alone. Mm-hmm. That's that's the biggest thing is it is a, like it's soul and you've got to learn yourself and you've got to go in and you got to see where are you crying? Where are you needing that support? Where are you needing that uh, a voice all of a sudden, right? That child that gets to scream out that this isn't right. I didn't do that, right? And then, and but at the same time, part of my big lesson is now like as an adult now, has been um, support from the physical, mm-hmm. right? Because you can only have support so much from other dynamics and energy around you before you're here. You're here in the physical. We are, uh, we're groups, right? Like we're, we are made to be supported by groups mm-hmm. and tribes, Right. And so that was Which me. is why you said you liked Toverly's tribe I so much. I love Toverly's yeah. tribe already. <laughs> right? And so circling it back around and then letting that vulnerability come back in where, okay, I know me. This is what I like. This is, this is what I feel I did. This is, right? Like, how, how honest can you be with yourself? And then that's going to anchor you in when you're communicating with other people. And some people don't know they're lying. Some people are really good at lying. So... Mm-hmm. Well, I want to move on and ask you a couple of questions about that other source that you were oh, talking about. Yes. Maybe we can talk a little bit about how you connect to your sources. And um, as much as you're willing to share, you know, I would love for those that are listening to hear more about how you connect to spirits and guides and, mm-hmm. and people that have passed on, because that is such an amazing topic. <laughs> I just got really excited. Could tell I like switched my legs too. I'm like, okay, here we go, here we go. I know it's like all you guys have like each of your own with you right now. So, it <laughs> and and by the way, I just want to let those of you that are here know. And sorry for those that are listening. If you missed the live event, you missed out. You are going to get a chance to have. Uh, question and answer with Ruth following this recording. So start thinking about yeah. what you want to know. Anything and goes. Anything goes. Anything goes. Anything goes. Well, I mean, we have a kid in the room, so let's just <laughs> oh. be. Let's just be aware. <laughs> if, if it's just Lexi, Lexi's been around the world with me. I'm and- sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> she. So yeah, let's hear it. Let's talk about what it's like for you to connect. How do you receive information and what does connecting look like? Oh, <sighs> okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of start with how I like to teach it in a simple form. So um, a lot of people have heard of intuition, right? Um, the ability to feel, like the gut feelings, right? Or in some religions, right, the, the feel the spirit, right? Or they call it a lot of different things, or your inner voice. There's so many languages that people use around the world. But for me, um, so from when I teach somebody, the quickest way to start practicing to know how to receive the messages is you, you want to start breathing. So when you breathe, the more you can breathe through your body, you'll notice there's tension. And you breathe into that tension and let your body relax as much as possible. Okay. So what that does is it creates life because when we when we clamp up, we're in survival and um, nobody wants to like learn how to cook a food when you're trying to run from a lion, right? And so you've got to help your body. So breathing, it will help expand your heart space, right? Your heart will start pumping. Your heart connects into the field. And as that connects out, then you ask your question, right? Start with a question, and within the first five seconds, and this is scientifically proven in multiple areas, Joe Dispenza, right, Mel Robbins, like a lot of different things, a lot of people are proving this. Mm -hmm. But before the mind, before the brain can start sending the unconscious chemical signals through your body of survival, five seconds in is your answer. That is pure connection. That is a space that is undeniable until you deny it. So um, if you go past five seconds, you can still be connected. That doesn't mean you're not. It just means now you're messing with your own programming. You're like all scarring, that chatter in the background right. is going to start. Right, or mom or, yeah. you know, your coworkers, you can't do that, right, yeah. type stuff. Or, so the first five seconds, after you breathe, anytime you, and you can always recommit. You can always recommit to doing you again, doing what you love again, getting the answer again. And then after you receive the answer, you, you, you take that as the answer and you act on that, right? And some of that is just taking a breath and integrating it into your body now, right? Not needing to actually take a physical action, but the physical action is breathing to allow the body and mind to connect into the answer because the vibration that you're at when you ask a question is different than when you start receiving that answer. So when it's, when it's me giving an answer, I'm here, but when it's other things coming in, it's like a whole other lift vibration of an answer. So any questions on that because no, I can go on forever on no, that stuff. I, I so. think that I think that's great. It's it's definitely first five seconds. Right. Very and if you get confused, just start breathe just breathe again. Like give yourself at least three to six breaths, six breaths, and then ask again. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I have recorded, which will by the time this show is released, I recorded a solo show talking about 
um, my own spiritual journey. And in that in that introduction, I talk about how to how to just focus on things like meditation and breathing and finding ways to be quiet mm-hmm. and still. How in our you know busy hustle bustle life, if you are not taking time to be quiet and breathe, you're you're not going to receive any information from yourself, from your guides, from any connection that you have. Yeah. It's like the rudimentary starting place. In fact, I think in my show, I called it, this should be the baseline of all humanity. It should be <laughs> mandatory to meditate and breathe. <laughs> yeah. And meditation can be uh, driving even like it is, as you practice it, you want to be able to allow your body to quiet in a, a way that you are activating it on purpose, but driving or for me, riding horses or people that run, right. Or in games, right. When they're like, oh, they were on, right? Instinct that, you know, and they catch the ball and throw it and it's just spot on. That is a meditative state of connectedness. Mm. So there's multiple ways to l- get into that theta spa- space where your, your mind and body are kind of in a float area and just acting in, re, you know, into the intuition space. Like in a flow. Uh-huh. Flow. So do you, you, do you believe that every human has the capability of creating that connection? Yes. What is the percentage of humans that you, let's say in the United States, that actually do? And for those of you that have listened to this show before, you've heard me ask this question. I ask this a lot. <laughs> this I want to know interesting. what is the what do you think is the percentage? Are we talking one percent of the population are consciously aware that there's more than just themselves mm-hmm. in this experience, or are we talking twenty percent or fifty percent? Because how much would our world change if it was a significant number of people? Yeah. Oh, dramatically, right? If everybody was letting themselves express themselves connected then we wouldn't it would be very it's peaceful to be there Mm -hmm. even in chaos it's peaceful it's love it's a love space so um and so for me I've heard that you know it's one percent I've heard it's uh 90 percent isn't I've heard a lot of different things but from my experience when I started um getting louder with with uh this side of it right uh, without use, using a professional corporate type thing to cover it up and then activate it more, right? Mm-hmm. Combining it toverly, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is what we're talking about. <laughs> right. That's what today's all about. Yeah, yes. so it was probably like seven or eight years ago and um, probably about eight years now. And back then, they, uh, to, to be a healer, right, to use that language, you had to, be, um, you had to have a doctorate. Right, you either had to be a, some sort of therapist, a doctorate, massage therapist, doctor, PhD, or right, something like that. And so I was looking into doing massage therapy to do that. But um, now, what I've seen, so like the, even the government is opening up the space to have you do business as a healer. And so what that does is it's it's awakening people in a way that they're starting. It's not such a uh, revolutionary rebel act anymore. Some people still try to make it that way, but now it is just happening. And once it starts happening in you, you can't stop it. If you stop it, you're going to start dying. You're going to start getting diseases. You're going to start... Oh, you can't unsee once you've actually seen... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as you go <laughs> it's like 
you yeah, just, it's, you, 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 you can't, you can't. No. And so I think it's just, it's like contagious, right? It's another way of being, and who doesn't want to be happy and feel good and free and be abundant in, in their joys of life. I mean, that's, and once people realize that they can actually do that and it's a good thing, like that's a good thing, not a selfish thing, not a whatever you want to call it, immoral act with some people, right? Or, right. Actually, I have a really good example I'd like to share with you, Ruth, which you're not totally not going to be surprised about. But, you know, I was sitting having breakfast with three other women that are a part of my inner tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, you know, on spiritual journeys together and we are connected. And we were talking about the different ways in which I get asked a lot about this show and the people that I interview and creating referrals to other women that are doing great work. And I was explaining to them how I had made a couple of references or referrals to women in business fields and how the people that asked me for those referrals actually hired the other women without even meeting them. Nice. <laughs> and I, I kind of felt the weight of, okay, like, wait, that's, that's, kind of a, that's kind of a big deal. Yes. And, that, I mean, this is kind of how Taverly's tribe started. But one thing that they were really lovingly able to point out to me is that when I explained to people what I do as a social impact entrepreneur, mm. as a podcast host, as an owner of the GX3 box. You know, I, they said that you're telling people like 70 to 60% of who you are. You're leaving this whole other piece of you to the side, which is almost not fair because you're not allowing people to see that the joy and the love mm. that you have comes from, you know, someplace very connected. And so I would, first of all, just give a big shout out to those three ladies who know who they are. Um, and I <laughs> we think that we, we definitely love you all very much because they're the ones that challenged me to ask that question as to why am I not sharing what makes me that, that, that who I am. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and because that's the journey, right? Because once you step into that, you start finding out why you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah, you got to ask yourself a lot of hard questions. You're like, well, maybe I should uh, go back, but then you can't go back. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so back to my question in terms of how you interpret and see information. And I ask this because I know that you work with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, not just individuals, but, you know, companies. And mm-hmm. in a variety of ways, you have retreats and you do one-on-one sessions. And you help people on their own healing journey as a mentor or as a seer um, as a psychic, as a medium, whatever they need, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how does, it, how does it work for you? I mean, mm-hmm. I want kind of the pragmatic details of what you're willing to okay. share. All right. Um, so for me, I always ask, I always check in. I always check in with myself, right? And when I check in, if I get lost, I go to my heart always because the heart will, will, take you, will take you there. Okay, so even just visualizing your heart, right? You're beginning to be connected. And so um, for me, I always ask uh, whatever it is I need, right? If, so when you, as you're asking, right, then I allow the question to be uh, modified in the way that my body and mind can understand it. And, um, and then I ask it. And when I ask it, I feel like it goes first in, up, and then, okay, this is really wild. Um, and then it feels like it just goes out into a whole lot of 
levels. Um, so it's not just one place for me. Um, it spreads out. And then how I start receiving it is uh, I'll either start um, like a film will start playing in my mind, right? And it's almost like I'll be taken to the answer and seen. So if I'm working with somebody, right, um, and they ask a question, then as it's coming through, I will be shown or I will hear or my body will feel. That one I've had to adjust a little bit because you don't want to experience what everybody's experiencing. You want mm. to, especially for the empathic people, right? You got to learn what's you and what's them. And once you get information, it's only your curiosity that drags you in further. Like stay with the information that's given to you or you'll get more, but is it necessary? And so I see energy shifts in the, in, in the rooms around people. I see colors changing. I, I hear stuff. Um, I'll go through like a labyrinth sometimes <laughs> to see. And then all I do is make sure I go for the answer. Mm. Give me a clean answer. And then you can ask another one. You can always ask another question. Just try to simplify stuff or you'll go on all over the place. And then next year, you can always flip. It's interesting to know that that's what happens on your end. I'm going to go ahead and share my experience when we first had a session together okay. and preparing for this, this show. Um, you did actually ask me what my question was or what I was seeking in terms of information, um, mm -hmm. which of course I have like a list of 50 things and like to have <laughs> to pick one was very, very painful. I'm just saying. Um, and, and I asked the question and that isn't necessarily the question that was answered, but the way that you interpreted the question I found was interesting because I actually, of course, because we were connected already and I could feel that you were, you were bringing that question into you in a different way. And I now, now know that it must have been a video visual for you because I'll share the story about the mermaid. I just sure. have to share the mermaid share story how, because it's just, it's just too funny. Uh -huh. um, for those of you listening, you know, I, I am a big fan of and spent a lot of time at NG Float and <laughs> the show that I did recently. It's, you know, if you haven't floated in a deprivation float tank, it's really amazing. Normally I go into the tank and I like connect and journey and, you know, have a visit. Lately, it's been with a lot of goddesses that have decided to pop in and give me yes. very loud instructions. And when I recorded that solo show preparing for the sacred November, these shows that are out in November, I really finished feeling really open in the information that I was bringing forward. Mm -hmm. And normally I go and float and journey. But this time I went into the float tank and I was like, wow, I couldn't connect. I was like all splashy. You know, it's 10 inches of water. Like you can't in the splash. Dark. Yeah, yeah. You can't splash. And, and my hair was floating. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like a mermaid. And I'm like, you know, like bringing my feet out and my hair is floating. I'm like, this is the silliest thing I've ever done. And... Afterwards, um, I was with some friends, and afterwards, they're like, oh, how was your float? And I'm like, I don't know. I was like mermaid, and I only, I don't, I don't know what was happening. I was mermaid, and so I laughed about it, and then yeah. I think our call was a week or two after that, and, you know, halfway through our conversation, you kind of stopped, and you're like, huh, what's with the mermaid? <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. And I, oh I my think, gosh. And I just laughed, right? I just laughed. I mean, I think it was like two straight minutes of laughing. Uh-huh. I think they took the phone and set it on the bed and just like rolled over and laughed. And uh-huh. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm a mermaid. I get it. Um, yeah. But it was Do you want to know what yours was specifically? So yeah. every answer comes through you through everything. That's the biggest thing is once you open yourself up, be open to receive answers because we only see, we only start to see so much, right? In order to create matter, physical, right? We have to focus in the particles of the energy. Mm. And so when you open out, everything becomes an answer, right? Like, oh, that's a bright light, right? Like, how is that relevant? So with you, I'm sitting there doing notes. I'll just write stuff out so I don't clog up the space sometimes, right? And I have all these like cards out, oracle cards out. And, and I kept like seeing this mermaid pop out and then I put her away. Right. And then I'd, I'd be playing, my hand would be playing, my hand would grab it and pull it out. And I'd look again and I'd put her away. Right. And then I started noticing, oh, this is really pretty. Oh, wow. This is really nice. And then all of a sudden it was like her eyes started glowing. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm totally ignoring this piece. All right. Tell me what's going on with the mermaid. <laughs> So everything comes in from different ways. Yeah, that was that was really interesting. Actually, that was a, a really fun part of our time together. <laughs> I would say the other thing that I, I really would like to talk about that you do, Ruth, which is super special to me, especially considering the amount of people that I'm surrounded with that work in spiritual realms, is that you present information that you receive from a pure vessel. And I don't even know how else to describe it than other than maybe explain it in other ways that people that are still learning or developing their spirituality, we have our own experience or our own flavor or tint that we put on the information that we receive, which means we're not always clear. We yeah. can't always be clear because we're, it's getting all muddied up with what we think we know and fear and, and the shock of sometimes getting that information. Whereas <laughs> for you, you receive the information in like a pure form. So I feel like what you bring forward is coming literally through a clear vessel. And I, I have to say that that is one of my most amazingly favorite things about you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so um, my question would be, how do you do that? <laughs> I, 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 from the sound of everybody that's with yeah. us today, they want to know too. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is where... Uh, this is where you, you've got to take your judgments out. You've got to take your scarring out of it. You've got to take your, your moral system out of it, right? Um, and you've just got to become a space with the intention of gaining the, the answer that's going to create the best movement with the purest form forward. And so in Can I just have you say that one more time? Yeah. To create the best, purest movement movement forward. forward. Mm -hmm. Because um, I have a lot of secrets. (laughs) I have a lot of secrets um, that have no relevance other than to the person and what do we get to do to help this person move forward, right? And um, so when I feel what I call a charge, and what I mean by a charge is if I feel like um, angry, if I start feeling angry at something's happening, right? Because a lot of the trauma work, 
right? You hear a lot of things where is, um, in my opinion, uh, unethical, unmoral, like it's not good for my view of it, right? You're meaning it doesn't Happening. help the individual or it's yeah, not. Or abuse or, yeah. right? And, yeah. and we all have different understandings of what that is. And so if I start to feel a charge with it, right? Like if then I know that I'm stepping in. And so what I do is I ask for support to move out. And I, and I, and I let myself find a space where I'm safe and I let, I ask for help to come in. And, um, and that's basically my cue. If I start to feel charge on it, an energy charge, right? And, and an overexcitement, right, can be a charge too. But just noticing what is you and what is the communication is the biggest thing. And it's that subtle, that subtle shift of energy, right? And so really that's, that's, why, that's what I do. And fortunately and unfortunately, now I'm calling it fortunately, I've had a wide range of life, um, all the way from extreme play, extreme traveling, to extreme abuse, to being uh, all to, to strangled to death as a child, right? And so we're talking about extremes, and so now that I've let myself, when you do work on yourself and you, you let yourself be seen to yourself for who you really are in those search situations, it takes the charge out, meaning the judgment out of it. And it just becomes an experience, a memory, right? And then at that point, it's actually information that you can utilize if you need to versus you know, let's go put all of the abusers in jail or something, right. right? And I love that the common theme in our conversation today is really about doing the work on yourself because yeah. you absolutely cannot, you can't change, you know, the viewpoint that you see something uh-huh. if you don't work on yourself. It's it's like the story of, you know, if a, if a traffic accident happens and even within four minutes, if a police officer was to interview six different people that witnessed the same traffic accident, they would have completely different stories, Uh right? So that happens oftentimes with us as humans. We maintain imprints of previous experiences or what we hold on to. So you're talking about releasing that, letting it go, healing it, Yep. you know, moving it to the side as something you can call upon when you need it, Mm -hmm. but getting to that clear vessel. I I think that's a really important part of all of our journeys. Yeah. And if it is charging, then, then let yourself not ignore that when you're done with it, right? And this is just interaction with anything. These are your signs, right? Like if stuff's happening, if you start getting an ache, if you start getting a turning, if you start getting an emotional charge, those are just signals. There's nothing, there's, like we always say, the pharmaceutical companies always say that you're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to be like living peacefully, right? And that's what we love because that's what feels enjoyable to us, right? But the negative stuff that's happening inside of you isn't, isn't something that's necessarily wrong. They're just cues you're ignoring. They're just signals to say, hey, do you like this? Do you don't? And some people like pain. Some people like the discomfort. Some people don't want to get rid of that identity of being that victim, right? That's their story. That's what they're holding on to. And until they can 
know that you're safe and loved and not judged and you can actually flourish, that's going to keep replaying, right, in their life because that's, we have a tendency of holding an identity of who we are, right? And, And that goes into a lot of different things. But when you can let yourself, anytime you ask or want something, when you desire something, which we all want, something, you've got you're not going to receive it in the space that you are currently at. And so somewhere you've got to let go of that identity that's holding on to the I can't or the only if, right? And that's can be, that can be scary, right? And so, you, so for me, um, that's been the biggest thing, right? Like, all right, where do you, I love my, my famous saying is, it's not about um, sacrificing into lack. It's about surrendering into abundance. And so what I say is anytime I receive messages or anytime I'm doing healing work or anytime I'm paying a bill, right, I am surrendering an exchange of energy of some sort, right? And I get to request what I want back. I get to request that. But when you request stuff, you better be ready for the up-leveling, right? So if I'm like, oh, I would love like a new house, right? Or I want, I'm paying my house payment, but I would love upgrades, right? Then you better be ready for your sink to go out. That needs an upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, what the heck? (laughs) Right? And then it's like, you asked. It was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Right. right. That's a really good point. Um, And so do you, do you feel that this is a lifelong journey for us when we're in this lifetime as humans to continue to heal that part of ourselves? So we're always up leveling. Oh, I've never stopped yet. And I've hit some wild, wild things, but, but that's, that's like, in my opinion, that's at what I know is that's why we're here is we're here for the experience of love and life. And how does the human body that forgets as they come into this world get to uh, create right and experience and so really it's just anything negative and positive they're just contrast to help navigate you right? right and that's where we put judgment on it which holds us somewhere mm. right when we're just like oh that's interesting I'm noticing I don't like that and how do we get to do it different mm-hmm. right it becomes a, oh, that's interesting space versus a judgmental, shaming, guilting, whatever space. Mm-hmm. So what is your definition of the soul? <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I've never been asked that. I like to keep it unique. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She asked me this night, last night about it. I told her it, that this was coming. Because I was like, you can ask anything, right? Like, And you know yeah. I'm going to take that advantage. <laughs> she does. <laughs> Poverty steps up. <laughs> and, and so it was interesting because so if, I want to say that part of me learning how to be in this world Okay? in this place, in this generation, has been me learning what people call things now, right? Oh, that's what they call it now type situation. Um, so I like to reevaluate words a lot, right? Every up-leveling, where do I get to reevaluate this word? That's interesting. And um, the soul. So for me, what the soul is, is... What I've experienced is there's three parts to us. 
there's the body, there's the mind, and there's the soul. There's the trinity, right? There's a lot of things into that that I won't go into. But in order for us to create a physical manifestation of the experience of what we're wanting, it takes all three, okay? And so the soul part for me is that piece of our energy space, our heart space, our uh, the space that connects to the infinity, the beyond, the source, the, the God, right? And that is the piece that de- allows that, that space of infinite possibilities to come through. And so the soul to me is that the space where anything is. And so as our mind can connect into, oh, we love this desire, we see something that we like, right? Like, I love your tattoos, right? And so I'm like, oh, that's a desire I might have. So then I start to feel into it. But you've got to, in order to pull it in to physical manifestation, you've got to then take action, right? But if it's just a brain taking over, then we play with the survival piece because the brain keeps us um, also on that other side of, oh, don't touch the stove. It might burn you, right? Remember when you burned yourself, did you like it? No. Okay, don't touch it, right? And so we don't want that getting in our way. So the soul to me is that infinite space. Mm. I like that. Thanks for letting me ask a unique question. Oh, totally. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I know that I know that we're mm-hmm. going to open it up and allow those that are in attendance with us to ask questions. And one of the things that I expect we're going to hear is why, like, why do you think that so many people are remembering who they are now at this time? Like, why is there, you know, there's this term of collective, collective consciousness that we hear everywhere, mm-hmm. at least in my world, I hear it everywhere. I don't know about everybody else, but yeah. <laughs> it's a common term. And I, I, I think I'm curious as to why now, why now and why women specifically mm-hmm. at this time? Yeah. Um, so why now, and, and then I'll do white women. So why now for me is because as I check in to, uh, all of the dynamics. Okay. So, so, um, I've been given gifts because I get to, uh, I, I, I check in, I check in multiple places. Okay. And are you, so can I just ask, are you meaning like different dimensions, time, spaces, realities? So yes, for anybody that was here at the beginning of, this event today at 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. there was a group of us that were doing our rituals where we were actually pulling in and having conversations and doing connections in time, spaces, realities, and dimensions. And so is that what you're referring to when you say mm-hmm. that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it, it covers a lot, um, a lot, okay? Um, but what, what that is is it's uh, um, I get to bring information in and uh, give information out. Okay, so it's a constant exchange of development. And as it's being checked around us, um, the earth, the, the human, the um, uh, planet systems, right? The cosmos, all of that, the different worlds. Everything is in uh, an, uh, a willing space of up-leveling. So um, if we don't let ourselves adjust to what our heart is calling us to do, right? What we want, 
And sometimes that's just even taking a nap. But if we don't, then our vibration energy that we create, that we have around us, that we influence the world and everything around us with, will not match the earth which we are on and participating with. Okay, stay with me. You guys are doing good. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes dissonance. Okay, so um, thinking of a vibration, we the earth has a, a vibration. They call it 528 hertz, right? So if your body isn't functioning with that vibration of nature, right, with the vibration of everything else, then instead of this, you're going to get this, right? And then all of a sudden, anything that's not matching, right, a relationship, your thoughts, your uh, actions, your non-actions, right, if they don't match, then they start getting hit out, okay? And if you try to keep them in, then you start dying. And so you either die or you up level. And so you're either in the chaos of holding it until you're dead, or you're in the chaos until it sheds off and you can play, right? And so that's, there's such a strong, it's so fast right now. It's, it's like momentum, right? Like a train, when a train gets going, it's slow kind of first, right? And then all of a sudden it gets going super, super fast. It's hard to stop that train. I mean, we always talk about get the ball rolling, right? We're, we're pushing this big stone up the mountain. We're almost to the downhill, right? We use that analogy a lot. It's the same thing. Once that momentum starts going, right, um, it can get going faster and faster. And so they're bringing up the yin-yang. Okay, so uh, you know the yin-yang si- sign? Mm-hmm. Um, the black and the, and the white is expanding out, okay? As you expand, as you awaken, enlighten, right? It's all expansion. And so as you see this, this sign, contrast, right? Negative, positive, male, female, whatever you want to call it. As it expands, it's, think of it like a wheel, okay? Spinning. If you are off and the wheel is this big, Right? If you go into a negative space, it's not, it's not really that bad. Right? It's kind of like, oh, this is uncomfortable, but you can cope. But if you expand and that positive get going, it's like, woo, life is so good. right? But if you start tilting a little bit into, yeah, this isn't really what I want, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh. Right? And so you either get shot out or you figure out how to get back into balance. Right. Does this make sense? Yeah. And do you think that that's just happening with more people at the same time, which is where that's being felt in such larger... So I followed you. I feel like I needed a flow chart, just so you know, next time we're just going to work on that flow chart. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, like, I need to track it. My brain was like, what? Okay. Can we <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. I, I, followed, I followed what you were saying, but I, I feel like what you're saying is that is happening with more people at the same time. And that's yes. where the collective piece is. Exactly. Because as that momentum is building with more and more and more people, then it's being felt by more and more people, which right. is where you originally were talking about, hey, it feels pretty good to be happy and joyous and peaceful. How do I get me some of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like if you want to fly, you can't keep all these anchors on you. 
So. That may have just I may have just changed the title of your podcast <laughs> to that right there. It really. I was. used to jump off buildings when I was a kid. <laughs> flew, I, you know, I was just trying to remind my body how to fly again. I mean, it was so really a day a in the thing. life of an oracle, and now I'm pretty sure it's if you want to fly, you got to get rid of the anchors. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's really true. great. Um, I know that we only have a few minutes left, and I I know that there's a part of us that is meant to spend a piece of this conversation, giving you the opportunity to talk a little bit about how you feel about me coming out of the broom closet, so to speak, <laughs> which is what just Such happened a cute today. Term. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yes. I, uh, I feel like that's a really good finisher question. And then I want those of us, those people that are listening, not just today, but down the road, whenever you're listening to hear about how they can reach you in any you know, in any yes. specials and offers that you have for listeners and for Tower Release Tribe and all kinds of stuff. But I think that that's my final question is how you feel about that. How do I feel about you? Say it again. Simplify the question. Um, about me coming, merging my professional and magical sides as that fancy piece of paper that I showed earlier mm-hmm. showed. Mm-hmm. So I think it's absolutely brilliant. And it, all I keep hearing is it's about time, right? So, (laughs) but (laughs) because um, a lot of you guys who experience Taverly, whether you're listening or whether you are in her presence, you're in her presence, okay? And this is part of that expansion, right? Where we all start linking in energies and then it gets bigger and it gets neater. It's, if there's two or more people holding the same intention, it amplifies it, right? And so Taverly has this gift of um, she's a big energy, right? We like big energy. Some people don't, but it's because they don't know how to handle it, right? Big energy is what helps hold a stable space for others to feel who they are, okay? They're safe. They're safe with you. If you're listening, you might be like, whoa, what did I click on this for, right? But you feel safe. Right? All of a sudden you listen to a bunch of dimensional stuff and, and there you go, you're great, right? You're still alive, you're in wonderment maybe, but you're good. And so when you start bringing in the gifts into the um, entrepreneur side of it, then what that does is anybody that wants to play in their uh, gift side gets to now see how to do it with abundance, Right? How do you make this an entrepreneur? How do I get to feel that it's it's safe for me to be me and make money and people love it? Right? And then if you bring in the entrepreneur side of it, if they start functioning more into who they are and their gifts and that that yummy side of it, then people are going to feel more of their integrity and they're going to call in the more uh, matching business people, which then both will flourish even faster, right? So it's very important. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> and okay, I, I know that I know that we are about to wrap up, but I, I can only just say thank you, Ruth. I mean, thank you for coming here, for making this event so spectacular for all of us mm-hmm. and for those that are listening to be able to learn from you and tell people how they can reach you. Yes. So my website, which is in construction still, but it won't be by the time this goes out, is ruthvmelor.com. My Facebook, where I will do actually um, 
random free readings. They're quicks. They're quickies. We call them quickies. Oh, wait. I forgot. There's a story I have to share about oh, the quickies. About the quickies. <laughs> okay. Wait, 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 wait. Remember, bliss is everywhere. I know. This is so, I have to tell this okay. story. Um, it was one so this of the, is on Facebook, by the way. This is on Facebook. This is one of her quickies, which she does randomly, and they're neat. And she either gives a title to it. We didn't really get to talk about your work with animals um, as much as I'd want to, but maybe the next time we do a podcast, we'll that. do that. I would love that. I would love that. So the quickie was, um, you know, pop on and, you know, let me know your animal's name, and I will tell you, you know, what they're meant, what they mean in your life, or what they mean for you, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, why, why do you, why did they come into your why life? Why do they come into your life? Yeah, see, you just summarize that way better. I took like <laughs> 30 words. Um, and my son was standing in the kitchen and I was working at my computer because it was like eight o'clock and I saw it pop up that you were alive. And I'm like, oh, hey. And I said to my son, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to type in Hammer. I'm going to see, you know, why did Hammer come into our life? And he's like, mom, I really don't love his name. We need to change his name. And I'm like, what? No, he's a crop my God dog. He's Hammer. And we didn't know each other back then No, we didn't either. know each other. And I think, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure how, I, anyway, I, I know how we were connected, but that was the first time I saw the live. And my dog Hammer is a husky German shepherd mix, right? So I wanted like a grr name yes, from. Yes, And so I type in his name, Josh leaves the kitchen, he goes upstairs, and I'm still working. And it's like third, third you know, time you do a reading, you're like, oh, Hammer, Tover Lee, oh, Hammer, okay. First thing you said is, he doesn't love his name. <laughs> So I'm like jumping out of my chair. I, I call my son to come down. I'm like, Josh, you're not going to believe right, it. And he's like, Josh. I know. And he's like, of course, I told you, mom. And I'm like, <laughs> it was, it was really quite, uh, it was really quite amazing. And then, you know, then you proceeded to talk about how Hammer is meant to help me stand true to my passion and my mission in, yeah. in this time on this, in this planet. Oh, I got this, chills with I that mean, one. You, 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 you nailed it. And um, so he is now known as Hammy. He's a dancer, not a wrestler. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So the, the lives are really fun. That was the point. His lives are fun. And you do them on different topics and different ways. But yeah. if they connect with you, and, and I'm just for those that are listening, those that are here, the show notes when this is published, we will include your website, your awesome. social media. And I think that we have a special offer for listeners, don't we? Yes. Do we super, remember what it is? Super special. So how I, we don't remember what we did originally, <laughs> no. which means it's out of date. Okay. <laughs> so checking in what the special gets to be. And this is what I've learned to just trust because as I surrender into abundance, I get to ask what else I get, right? That exchange. So normally a reading or a session, right? And this consists of healing, uh, talking to your animals, talking to the to who, people who have passed on, or just you, right? Like what you, you need. your gifts. Your, I love, I put it on Taste Your Magic Retreats, right? Like how to amplify your magic. But a reading is normally at this moment um, 400, Okay. And so for any of the listeners, and I will hold this, right, because I love you, and anybody who's going to jive with you can jive with me. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm doing is if anybody wants a session or a reading in any of those categories, we'll just do it for 150 mm, Thank you. Okay? Thank you. And all you got to say is, what, what do you want them to tell me? Tribe. No, that's too easy. Like Poverty's I will have tribe. a shit ton of tribes come okay. through. <laughs> They'll be like, try, try, try. I'm like, you didn't go to Toverly's thing. Yeah. <laughs> we could call it Toverly's tribe. Okay, Toverly's yeah. tribe. So if you're listening or anybody mm. here live, if you say Toverly's tribe, 
then you'll get a, a session. They'll go anywhere from an hour to two hours, depending on what happens, okay? And we can connect in. We do healing work on animals, on yourself. Like, it, it takes a broad spectrum, okay? So whatever's calling your heart um, and for 150. That's amazing. Thank okay. you so much. And my friend, I, I love you. I yeah. appreciate you. Uh, I'm excited. And I have something for you. Okay, wonderful. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and wrap up. Should we go ahead and wrap up the podcast first? No, you I want, want to give this to you okay. first. Okay. Okay, so another oh piece. Since she told her mermaid story, I was hoping you would. You weren't going to get this if you didn't talk about your mermaid thing, but you did. I'm a mermaid. I know, you heard. She's like, oh, Okay. So these are shells, and I got them in Jamaica um, like 15, 16 years ago. So I went there, and it was a couple's thing, but my couple was sick, and so I connected with all of the performers. And the dancers who I loved and learned how to twerk with <laughs> gave me this, and I wore it the whole time, and it actually gave me so much peace and wisdom during the whole um, trip because I felt very lonely, right? And so it made me realize how connected I am with people. And so, mermaid, I would love you to have this. Can I put it on? Yes. So good. I'm so proud of you. Wow, um, that is absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And for those of you that are listening, now you know why you missed out on this <laughs> special day. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'll have Ruth back again. And on Grit and Grace for the entire month of November, we are bringing you some of the most amazing women that are um, healers and light workers and intuitives. And I really encourage you to spend some time getting to know each of these women and look up Ruth, have a chance to get to know her better and take advantage of her special offer. But we will be back with you soon. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, my name is Les Conley. And as producer of this show, I enjoy listening right along with you. Special thanks to Color Up Therapeutics in Denver for hosting this live event and to Janine with Tailwind Media for the video production. So be sure to check out the show on YouTube. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow Grit and Grace so that we can keep you up to date on all the exciting shows coming your way. Please check the show notes for links to our guests and feel free to contact us for more information. Taver Lee is a social impact entrepreneur and she can be found at taverlee.com. That's T-A-H-V-E-R-L-E-E.com. And if you're interested in audio, video production, and post-production, you can find me at HealantMedia.com. We know your time is extremely valuable, and we appreciate you spending it with us. Thank you.